Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. And now for some poetry. Mary had a little lamb. Three days later, we had lamb chops. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you here in the middle of November. The weather is cool. And on this week's episode, we're going to get back into uh, Pipe Smoking 101 Revisited. And this time we're going to talk about flake tobaccos. And then my guest is the pipe maker behind Butterbone Briars. It's Tanner Halligan, and I got to see Tanner at the uh, at the Vegas Pipe Show. And what a great guy! A nice young guy, and uh, we get to learn all about his pipes. Uh, music by request, mailbag, and rant—all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. And I'm going to break a little bit of news to you because what's been going on around here? Well, we're getting ready to move. We are leaving the Carolinas probably in January, February, and heading down to the greater Orlando area. So, uh, more, I'll tell you more about why we're doing that in a future show. But uh, just to say, I've been going through, uh, we've been going through the house and trying to find things that you can throw out, things that, you know, things that we can, uh, uh, that we don't need anymore, maybe some stuff that we can sell. Uh, because after being in a house for six and a half years, you accumulate stuff. Uh, what it's meant for me is I have been, uh, going through my tobaccos and, and accumulate my accumulation of tobaccos. And I have got in front of me a pile of, uh, seven different tobaccos that I've decided that I need to take out and try. And, uh, I need to try them again, see what they, you know, see what, a see what i think of them again uh, a couple of them have been open for a while so i need to finish that off so i've got this pile of tobacco sitting here and it's nerve-wracking to me because i've got it staring at me but i want to get through them and figure out what it is that i like um also with the move down to florida that means that i will be able to have more hot and humid mornings in fact a lot of hot and humid mornings coming in my future so that means that i'll probably be smoking a little bit more on the uh, virginia pipe tobacco range and uh, i'm looking forward to that because uh i had a, a after doing a little inventorying here i had a little bit of an imbalance of straight virginias to virginia periques and at the rate that i'm smoking them so uh, anyway anytime you move you know it's a disruptive thing well i decided to disrupt it further by uh, digging into everything, you know? All right, so there you go. Take a look at your sellers every once in a while. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes. 
and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite, or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking Pipes, in faithful service of the hobby. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And for pipe parts, we're continuing with the different cuts of tobacco. And uh, what I failed to mention out of the uh, out of the original one was shag cut. And shag cut is just a very fine cut. Uh, it's a narrower, skinnier cut. And uh, in some places, uh, pipe tobacco can't come in a shag cut anymore because it represent or it resembles rolling tobacco. Uh, and then gets taxed differently. So you'll see shag cut has gone away in some places. All right, for, but for this week, let's talk about flake tobacco, probably one of the most storied and, uh, and one of the most gourmet forms of pipe tobacco is uh, flake tobacco. And flake tobacco originated because the, uh, uh, the, the sailors that were transporting tobacco back and forth from the New World at the bottom of the ship, they would put the tobacco down because it was heavier than you know, it was heavy, and they'd put the sugar down at the bottom because it was heavy, and then they'd put the cotton or the other stuff on top of it. And by the time it got over there, it was kind of pressed together. Uh, and then the uh, tobacconists in the Old World would then process it, and the sailors liked it because it was nice and compact. So the flake tobacco often referred to as Navy flake because that's what the sailors wanted. Now, what happens with a flake tobacco nowadays is pretty much the, the processing is pretty much the same way as it is for a loose blend, except in, uh, in a lot of situations, you've got to use a little bit longer leaf. Uh, you can't use as many little cross pieces because they won't adhere to each other as well. Uh, but that tobacco is then pressed, and it's pressed for a very, very long time under thousands of pounds of pressure, and it becomes a cake. And if any of you have been to any of the pipe shows uh, or you know been to an, an, to an event where a tobacco company is showing off a cake of tobacco, uh, those cakes can be anywhere from you know, six to nine pounds to 40 pounds per cake. And they are solid. I mean, you can, you can try. In fact, I did it one time where I dropped one on the floor while I was working for Peter Stokeby, not a piece of tobacco came off of it. And that was onto a concrete floor. So, uh, the benefit to that is of course, now you've compressed and you've you've dramatically sped up the marrying between the multiple tobaccos inside the blend. Uh, and then you've also got a really good mix of them because the tobacco manufacturer is making sure that when they're pressing it, that it's mixed right. So you get a good, even cross section of the blend with all the little bits and, you know, all the condiments and everything all evenly spread out through there. Uh, and then they will take it and cut it. Now the cutting process is where you end up with a possibility of a plug cut or a slice or a crumble cake and those are just variations of how to handle a flake tobacco uh, in the case of a plug they just give you a brick and then you cut off what you want as you go in the case of a crumble cut uh you know it's meant to kind of fall apart and break up easier 
than a flake tobacco is. But then in the case of a flake, now you have the ability of modifying how far out you want to rub that tobacco. Uh, there's multiple different ways to smoke them, and we can talk about that uh, coming up in a future episode. But you have the ability to uh, you know, just tuck and fold or rub it out a little bit or rub it out a medium amount or rub it out all the way like I do. And depending on how you rub it out is going to affect how the blend smokes. All right. Now the, the, uh, now the cheat that a lot of tobacco companies won't tell you is that, you know, sometimes it's actually cheaper for them to give you a flake cut uh, a flake tobacco than it is to do the extra process of making a cake of tobacco and then spinning it out and you know loosening it up and thrashing it out and then drop feeding it through a uh, through an automatic feeder or you know having to you know it it may save them some steps along the way at the same time it could also increase their cost depending on how they're cutting it because sometimes those cutters are very expensive and the blades only last for, you know, a couple of minutes and then they got to take them out, change the blade and then run it again. Uh, and then you have to have a, you have to have somebody else running the cutter as opposed to just putting the entire cake into, uh, multiple cakes into a thrasher and spinning them out. So it just depends on what, you know, how their process works. But sometimes I feel like, and this is just me talking personally, and I am the leading expert on my on my own opinion that, you know, with a flake tobacco, it's almost like it's, you know, it's almost like they stopped halfway and then you got to do the rest of the work yourself. Um, but again, flake tobaccos are by far the most gourmet way of uh, enjoying a premium pipe tobacco. And there are people that will argue with you that argue with me that flake tobaccos age better than ribbon cuts do or a loose cut does because you've got air all the way around that flake and you've got some little convections going in the middle of the flake that will cause heat and you know you get some buildup in there so uh yeah and when you're smoking the flake tobacco as you're yeah depending on how they've sliced it you know, you may get some parts that are uh, a little more aged than others. If you're dealing with a plug cut, that center of the plug may be a different experience than smoking the edges of the plug cut. So think about that when you're when you're looking at all these different uh, different types of tobaccos that we have out there. Um, and again, it's just you know it's just personal preference and figure out what works for you. For me personally, well, I prefer. You know, let the tobacco let the tobacco manufacturer just spin it all the way out, make a good ribbon cut, and then I'll easily pack it, and then I don't have to worry about doing the rub out on the uh, you know rubbing it out. Um, I will if I do have a uh, I have a couple of flake cuts here that I've that are sitting on my desk, and you know I'll take the time and rub out the entire tin, so that way I don't have to worry about rubbing out each individual bowl. Just my just the way I handle it. All right, comments, questions, email me at. Uh, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And uh, just a moment, my discussion with uh, Tanner. This is Internet Radio. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, 
to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series. Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. Well, we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is someone who is young, good-looking, talented, so exactly the opposite of me, uh, Tanner Halligan, uh, the the pipe maker behind Butterbone Briars. Tanner, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yeah, happy, happy to have you have me. Yeah. All right, so let's get to know you. Um, <laughs> where where are you from? Where what what did you want to be when you grew up? Have you grown up yet? And all that fun stuff. So, um, originally I'm from uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. Um, and I moved out here to Columbus about six years ago. And yeah, I mean, I I think I've grown up pretty pretty well since then. Um, when I when I moved here, no, definitely not. But then, pretty quickly after that, yeah. Um, what I want to be when I grew up. I mean, my, my first memory of any career choice I ever wanted was, I think, had to do with dinosaurs, like a paleontologist or something like that. And then um, more recently, before college, I wanted to be a park ranger. Oh, cool. But then that didn't, that didn't pan out. So not for any particular reason, but um, I went to school for it. I graduated and got all my stuff for, to be a park ranger, but it just didn't happen, so... So what what made you move from uh, Pennsylvania to to Columbus? My so my best friend um, AJ he moved out here after I finished school. I was living with my grandparents, just kind of working a job I had. Um, it was okay, just no benefits or anything like that. But then my friend just he just reached out to me randomly one day. This is how things in life normally work. He just reached out to me. Was like, hey, come visit Columbus. And I did. And I liked it a lot. And he's like, you should just move here. And I was like, all right. And he's like, you can live with me for rent or for, you know, 100, 120 bucks a month for rent and move from there. And I was like, sold. And I moved like, I moved, think, I think like three weeks later. So that, uh, that random wild dream of moving to Columbus, Ohio. Yay. <laughs> Uh, more, more like just getting out of my grandparents' house. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, what? And then, and then, of course, you've ended up getting married and all the and all the grown up adult stuff since you got there. Yeah, yeah, I got married pretty pretty soon, about a year year and a half after I moved here. Um, I got a job that I've had for the past five years. About a yeah, about a year after I moved here moved here as well maybe maybe like six months after i moved here and i've been doing that for the past five years and um yeah that's that's how it's been i mean it's been pretty good i I love i love columbus so i i will say in all my years of coming to columbus columbus is really a nice it's a nice city it's kind of the right size of enough to do but not too much to do and some great little neighborhoods all around uh, all around Columbus where you can walk to restaurants and hang out. And it's just a, it's, it's just a good size city. 
the, the best way I can describe it is it's it's a, a bit a bigger city but with a small town feel. Yeah. My favorite thing though is that but especially where I live, um, anything I could ever possibly need, like at all, is within like a five minute driving distance. That's it. I mean, I can walk places if I want to, but I don't walk anywhere. I don't always drive, but everything is there. Anything, anything I could think of is here. Yeah, and and then if you want to drive across the town, you're into a whole nother area, and you got all kinds of new things to discover over there. Yeah, and that's only ten minutes. It's only ten, <laughs> ten minutes to the other side of town. Like, as long as there's not a uh, football game at the Ohio State. Well, just don't go downtown. I avoid downtown anyway, so you know you can just take the outer belt, drive around the city to wherever you want to go, and boom. Yeah, what? Where? What? It was. Um, oh God, I forget the name of the little town that I ended up in one time, and it was like three little city blocks of just cafes, restaurants, and little artsy fartsy stores, and then houses, and it was just you know one of those cool little areas. But um, yeah, except for the winters, I could live in Columbus. Yeah, winters winters aren't great. The good thing about winters here versus in Pennsylvania is at least it's flat here. <laughs> so yeah. you don't have to worry about going down. You know, I used to live in the country out and there's just like these winding like winding rows, these huge downhills with like steep turns at the bottom. And so you gotta watch out for ice. Here it's like if you hit a patch of ice, just don't do anything and you'll probably just go into a curb somewhere. Whereas if you do that in Pennsylvania, you'll probably go into a creek or over a cliff. So. <laughs> or into six trees. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, when did pipe smoking come into your life and how? So uh, the first time I think we ever smoked a pipe, I, I was in high school. Me and my buddies we were over at his house and he, he had gotten a pipe. Not Nothing special. I don't know what it was or anything. It was probably like a $20 pipe from somewhere. I don't know. But we would smoke that, smoke the pipe there. We thought we were all fancy and stuff. And we didn't only smoke tobacco out of it. You catch my drift. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's the first time. And then kind of gradually and spotty throughout the years, it would kind of pop back in and out. Um, yeah, so that, that's how it started, and then about last, I want to say, last at the beginning of last year is whenever I really took more of an interest into it and started kind of trying to make my own pipes a little bit nicer, yep. but they didn't really start getting nice until March of that year. And is that when you met uh, a certain Primal, Primal yeah. Cheddar? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Things changed. Things took a took a giant leap in in the right direction after I met him. How did how did you actually find him and meet him? It was on a whim. It was serendipity. I was sitting at sitting on break at work in my car, and I had made three pipes not out of briar, just out of. I went to a, a wood store, you know, two minutes down the road from my house, and was looking at some of the wood they had in the back. Um, and I had done the research to figure out what, what I could use that wasn't going to be toxic and stuff like that. And the, well, the three pipes I made were really bad, like really bad. The first one I made in December, I, I went out, to, out into like this little creek area 
by my house by my house and tried to cut down a tree and make a pipe out of make make a few pipes out of the tree that I cut down. Um, they were it was bad, and uh, I used polyurethane spray finish on it, which I found out was definitely not wise because it tasted disgusting afterwards. Um, and, and then I moved on to olive wood, and that was that was better. It was safe to smoke at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to maple. And that was okay, but I didn't like it that much. But yeah, then I just called Premel, or I just I, I looked it up on the internet. I was trying to find Briar that was good, and I or just Briar. I don't. I've never even touched it before. And I looked it up Raw Crafted. I just found Raw Crafted and was looking at the site, looking at the prices, and I was like, all right, that's not too bad. And then I looked at the bottom and it said Columbus, Ohio, and I was like, no. what? <laughs> yeah. So I okay typed in the address. And look, and lo and behold, it's only 15 minutes from my house. Like I said, anything I need, you know, 10, like 10, 5, 5, 10 minutes away from my house. So I just called the number, left him a message, told him I wanted to look at some briar. And he called me back in like an hour and said, yeah, just come by the shop. I'm not there now, but I'll be there. And, and I did. And I talked to him for like five minutes before he offered me a job at Rockrafted. <laughs> and... I mean, I didn't have to think about it at all. I just took it, and it's been great ever since. He's treated me like a family member ever since that day. So, yeah, it's like a serendipity, just a whim. On a whim, I met him. All right, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more with uh, Tanner and find out about all those little uh, all those little tweaks that happened. So, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell & Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell & Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. You're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Tanner Halligan of Butterbone Briars. And if you want to follow along on Instagram, it's Butterbone, B-U-T-T-E-R, Bone, underscore Briars. And so, so, I mean, that had to be a little bit unnerving and kind of odd to look up, you know, find where to find Briar and find out that one of the one of the sources in the U.S. is 15 minutes from you. Yeah, and and him himself, he only lived a mile up the road from me. <laughs> He's my neighbor, and um, yeah, I mean, I had I had bought these. I still have them right in front of me here. These two crappy little blocks of briar I bought eBay for twenty twenty five dollars for two of these things. They're like two inches long, 
little Eddie Sean's. Like he can't make you can you, you can't make it. You might be able to make a whistle out of it, like. But <laughs> so that was a waste of money. So, um, but yeah, could, and I went to the Tinderbox, which is like a mile away from my house, and asked them where I can get Briar, and they couldn't give me a real good answer. And I, I went I went all over the place to try to find it in person, couldn't find it. So I just went on the internet, found a shop, and I mean. I don't know if I would say unnerving. It was just kind of awesome. Yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah. All right. So how does this? So how does this work? You he you're there for five minutes, and he offers you a job to to hang out and work with him and help him around the shop. Yeah, I just I went in there. First of all, his shop. At first, I looked up his shop on Google Maps, and it didn't look like there could be a wood shop there or anything. It looked like a little office for like an accountant or something. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I didn't see the back of it until I went into it, but I mean, it's a one-stop shop for pipe making. And yeah, I mean, I went in there I talked to him. I told him what I, what I was there for. I just wanted to look at Briar and maybe pick up a block. But he started asking me all these questions about, you know, what my goals are, you know, what I want to do with pipes and, and all this kind of stuff, you know, what ideas I had. And at the time I, I was, I had a lot of ideas. Um, and I had purchased some, some, some hand tools and whatnot and built a little kind of like a shop in my apartment. Um, and I mean, nothing good, but I started running all this stuff by him. I came up with had like a list of questions that I wanted to ask him just in case I never talked to him again. And he answered all of them. One of the ones I had was I had a, uh, a when wood laid on Amazon that I was going to buy. It was like 400 bucks. And I like ran that by him. He was like, no, no, <laughs> he's like, no, don't do that. Get a metal laid. And like went over all the specs about what I should do and what I shouldn't do. And but yeah, I mean, we talked, we only talked for like 10 minutes and he was like, well, you know, I'm not really looking for, an, you know, an employee, but like, honestly, I could use some help around here. How do you feel about, you know, you come work here whenever you want, you know, I'll pay you and you can also work on your own pipes here. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think I had to think about it. I just said, yes, before he even told me how much you pay me. I just said, yes. And then he told me what he was going to pay me. And I was like, hell yes. Hell yes. And so, yeah, uh, found there like every day. So then did, did he start, did he also start you on the process of learning the correct way to make pipes and the, and the correct approach? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, put it this way. I didn't know at all what I was doing. Yeah. I was completely green. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know anything. So he, he just said, okay, I'm, I'm going to walk you through this step-by-step step from the beginning. And, and that's what we did. I picked up on it pretty quick. You know, I'm relatively mechanically inclined, so it didn't take long for me to kind of get the hang of things. And then, you know, it, I probably worked with him for maybe like a month before I made like a smoke, like a, a smokable sellable pipe that I like of my own. And what were you doing working for him for, for money? So I just, what I was doing, I cleaned the briar, um, on the brass wheel, like get all the, um, 
plateau dust off and whatnot. Clean it, um, grind it, sort it, grate it, all that stuff. So that, but that had to be a great. I mean, that that's got to be great, a great way to get introduced into what a block looks like and you know what to look for in a block because now you're cleaning and prepping all these blocks for sale uh and you know as opposed to just buying finished blocks and saying here work with this yeah um yeah so you're exactly right i didn't really know what i was looking for i didn't know really what the grains i knew what straight grain was i knew what bird's eye was i didn't know what flame grain was i didn't know um how things were graded i didn't know what mano mock is um Nemo, any of that stuff was at all. I like I said, I'd never even touched a block of briar before. So going in there and just immediately starting to work with it, really, it opens your eyes to things. Um, you know what to look for. You know what what, what good quality is, and it, I mean, like meeting him was just a like the probably the most golden opportunity I've ever had in my life. And it was just like set there right in front of me. So I, I mean, you, you got to take it. You, you just have to take something like that. You can't just pass something like that up. Or it could have been the worst thing to ever happen to you. Cause you might get stuck with a life as a pipe maker and not making any real money. <laughs> no, it's pipe making is the fun part of life. I'm a door to door salesman for my real job. Okay. It's a good job. It pays the bills, pays my salary. You know, it does gives me um, insurance and, and all that stuff. But all day I'm walking around, knocking on doors. I'm really thinking about what pipes I want to make that night. <laughs> I, I got inspiration for this pipe shape because of the shrubs that I walked past while knocking on a door today. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the name, Butterbone. Where where did you come up with that? Because most people would name something after themselves. Don't don't think too deep into it. Um, I uh, and originally I came to Primal. I said I want to have it's going to be a Halligan Artisan Smoking Pipes or Hass for short. And he's like, "All right, that's too long." He's like, "If you're going to do your name, just do your last name or your first name or middle name." something simple um and don't do it yet he's like don't put your name on something until you have a really high like high-end quality product that you would be proud to have your name on and that is is you know is is just a really high quality so he said what you're gonna do is come up with a name that has nothing to do with you make a starting line of pipes very similar to the buckeye pipes Mm -hmm. a starting line and that's where you're going to make pipes. The ones that are good enough, you're going to sell at a good price point, nothing too high, nothing too low. And then you keep making those until you gain enough skill to transfer those over to Halligan pipes. And so the name, like this is where I said, don't, don't think too deep into it. I just wrote down about a hundred different names on my phone. Um, that had like constants, like uh, I don't know, like like Peter's pipes or like like uh, uh, Briar bastards. That was our taking. Um, 
you know, so I came with like a hundred different names of that. And I just went through them all, picked out the one I thought sounded the best and was the most memorable and something I could make a pretty decent logo or like little company out of. And Butterbone was it. I took it to Primal to kind of like run it by him. And he said it a few times. He was like, Butterbone, Butterbone. <laughs> He's like, I like it. And I was like, I like it too. And so I just went, went to work on creating a logo and trying to kind of get a, like a little theme behind it or whatever. And honestly, I, I kind of like it more than, than howling pipes. Honestly, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> it may work out in reverse, but so it, so it's fascinating to me is that you, I mean, these are, these are on the lower end. These are a hundred to $200 retail, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred to $200 retail. But I mean, when you think about like all artists and pipes, from top, top end to low end, really, these are on the lower end of, this, of the price mm -hmm. range for artisan pipes. When you think about like pipe makers like Cornelius Mons and Jay Allen and Yeti who are selling their pipes for, you know, one, you know, one and a half to two thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I'd have to make like 10 butter bones to cover the cost of one of the one Jay Allen basically and the and the only difference with these is that you're using pre are you using pre-cut stems for them and you know just simple drillings so i mean they're not i mean they're not the drilling doesn't make too much of a difference i still do like you know full bands and everything like that but it is what it is but the main thing is yeah it's the um acrylic stems but i mean i also only have what like eight months of experience making pipes so i think right. it would be a little bit unreasonable to be charging the same amount for these guys who've been who have 10 plus years experience making pipes but and you've also done it in reverse where most of uh, most pipe makers do a premium line and then come out with a more popular price line afterwards you're kind of you're kind of using these as your learning pieces before you do introduce your full handmade hand cut you know all the fancy all the fancy line oh yeah you know i want people to buy them right so that they can understand that they smoke well they're not going to have problems they have a high quality they're good good briar and then whenever i come out with the higher line stuff they'll they're gonna they're gonna know that the person who made it makes good pipes he's just making good pipes in a you know much better yeah all right, let's talk about the other thing that you like to do, which I, if I understand correctly, you're a, a golf enthusiast. I mean, I like golf. Yeah, I've been I've been playing for like like six, probably six years, and probably only a little bit more seriously over the past year and a half, just because I was bored and golf is so fun. It's just great. <laughs> I think golf is kind of like pipe making because you never actually play the perfect round. Oh, no, no. And that's the thing about it, too, is you're never trying to... Like, if you go play with people, you don't care about beating other people. You All you're trying to do is improve your own game. Yeah, play one hole at a time, see how you do, and the handicap. Yeah, I hate golf. I tried once. I broke a rib. It's a long story. Um, you broke, you broke, wait, hold on a second. You broke a rib playing golf? Uh, no, I broke a rib at the driving range practicing. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. That was. Like, I mean, I suppose I could see that. Yeah. You're gonna have to tell that story at the time. Yeah. Because that's like. That was, I mean, that was the final attempt at me having some sort of sports career. My, uh, my body is, uh, definitely fitted for sitting and smoking. Um, so, uh, how long before we see the, uh, before we see the, the Halligan pipes or the, or the full handmaids, do you have a, do you have kind of like a timeline in your head or a mental map or, yeah, is, is there, is there like a marker on the road when you get to that point? So, yeah, I mean, I'm um, going to be working. So the thing is, Premel said, hey, perfect shaping the briar first. Mm-hmm. Once you perfect that and you get, you know, have a really good shapes, so that'll transfer over to the ebonite and vulcanite and in the, hand, in the handmade stems, basically. So it'll be easier for you. Um, so this winter... I'm going to be taking my time making, you know, making commissions, making available pipes on Instagram and whatnot. And, um, and also making Halligan pipes and working more or less refining my or stem making, um, capabilities. I should have a few Halligan pipes ready by Chicago. I'm hoping, I think I should have at least one or two. Um, if I have more, that'd be great. But here's the thing to, as far as, how I'm going to be producing the pipes. The ratio is probably going to be five butter bones to one Halligan pipe. And, and those Halligan pipes, I'm assuming you're going to pick out the better pieces of briar that happen to come through the uh, raw crafted world. Halligan pipes are going to be uh, Mimo, Man, and Briar. Okay. Butter bones are always Marcus. That helps. Uh, why, why the designation? Uh, it's just less expensive. Okay. Um, Marcus Briars is far less expensive than Mimo and um, Mano Briar, and the quality of the Briars is, is is a little bit better as far as the the Mano and the Mimo Briar go. And does the size of the uh, I I guess the the size of the Briar block and and the way it's cut also in, will impact the cost. The size, the way it's um, cut, I I feel like. I feel like the grain, the grain is a little bit nicer with the meat or with the man of briar too. Like, and it, there's a few less flaws as well. And then, um, we do the grading as well. So like whenever you pick up a mana block from rock crafted, you can get like extra grade, extra, extra grade, um, premium extra, whatever it is. I don't even know. It's, I've only done a few of those, but, um, so yeah. And we just, we, we lay it out, we figure out which ones have the best grain. And so, um, and so, yeah, the halogen pipes are going to be the Mano Nemo Briar because of that. And, and they're more, a little bit more expensive too. So it only makes sense to charge a higher price for the pipe. If the, the block's more expensive. Last golf question. Are you smoking a pipe while you're out on the golf course? Oh, you bet your ass. I'm smoking a pipe on the golf course every time. <laughs> Are you setting the pipe down before you take a before you take your next shot, or are you, uh, <laughs> or you, do you have it in your mouth? So I try doing it in my mouth, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. So usually I just set it down. And, and as long as the ball's going further than the pipe, when you, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course. All or right. If I shank, 
then yeah, it's like, all right, I'm just going to not smoke through this hole. See what happens. Uh, and for all the golfers out there, what's your handicap right now? Uh, too high. I mean, I don't know. It's like 20 right now. The only reason I know that is because of an app that I have. I mean, a year ago, I didn't even know how to calculate that shit. <laughs> so, but yeah, like 20 to 30. 20 on a good day. Tanner, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe... I guess I really like these... Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Bulldogs. Bulldogs and bent bulldogs. I don't have one yet, but I have a lot of fun making them. And I really want to... But I sell them all. So it's like... <laughs> I... Do I, do I make one for myself or do I make one to sell? Because they sell pretty quickly. So, yeah, Bulldog. Bulldog or Bent Bulldog. And what is your favorite tobacco? I think Peter Stokeby's pistachio is the one I get the most. Ooh. Wait, now you're going to test my memory. PS27? I, no. I couldn't tell you. It just says pistachio at Tinder, Tinder Box. Yeah, PS27 is optimum. Ah, uh, old days. Um, what is your favorite drink? I drink Monster Energies on, on an unhealthy, regular basis every day. <laughs> so you're so you're you're keeping all those race teams that they sponsor afloat. Uh, yeah, I actually one I almost got scammed one time. Um, I was on my internship over college as a park ranger. Uh, in the Allegheny National Forest, and I got an email saying they wanted to put monster logos on my car, and I get paid for it. I almost fell for it. They sent me a check and everything. I almost, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would if I could. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I listen to music all day, every day, and I hate reading. I can I can read fine. I just hate doing it. So movies, I watch movies or play video games. Yeah, you are young, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember video games when you had one stick and one button, and that was all you needed. Um, when Do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory? Oh. I mean, I don't know if I would call it my favorite. It's just the earliest one, whenever we would mix up tobacco and the other stuff and just smoke that. And I mean... The most pipe pipe related memories I have been the past like eight months. You know, those have been the best ones, I guess. But yeah. So to answer your question, I haven't had enough experience yet to yeah. have like a like a favorite memory other than the ones that I've made recently. A lot of your favorite memories are still ahead of you. Yeah. There you go. So it's Butterbone Briars for now on uh, on Instagram, and uh, check them out. And yeah, and it's always nice. Not every pipe has to be a five thousand dollar perfect straight grain, and it's great to have somebody on that's making pipes in the uh, you know in the affordable range for everybody. And I've felt them, touched them. I think I even stuck one of my fingers in one of your bowls once. So uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> I will. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. 
It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, you know what? Check out check out what Tanner's doing. All right. I've seen the pipes. I like what he's doing. I like that he's doing it in a uh, in a different order where he's getting his hands real dirty and you know, learning learning it from the actual blocks of Briar and up. Uh, and uh, and you know, he's not doing not going for the handmaids yet, but they're coming soon, so or the full blown handmaids, so check him out. All right, for music, got an email from Zachary, and he says, Hi, Brian. Uh, this is probably the fifth or sixth song I've sent you over the years. It's always fun hearing you play them. Uh, whenever I catch a smoking reference, I know who to send it to. This bluegrass song references Sir Walter Raleigh in the beginning. Thanks, and keep up the good work. And it's from, uh, the song is by Jerry Sally, S-A-L-L-E-Y, and it's called Front Porch Philosophy. Uh, uh, perfect because this is a good time of the year to sit out on our sit out on the front porch and smoke a pipe. So here we go. Well, it was where the family gathered at the end of a long hard day. Daddy was a man of few words, but he had an awful lot to say. I still smell Sir Walter Raleigh swirling in the evening breeze. He'd open his mind with a little down-home front porch philosophy. From politics to common sense with a little John 316. It was down to earth lessons I learned sitting at my daddy's feet. Everybody and the dog would listen Every time he started to speak Rocking back and forth Talking old front porch philosophy Yeah Now he taught me all about a handshake And the man who backs it up he said God's greatest blessing is a good woman's love. Never had a college education, just a blue-collar Ph.D. A little grit and grace, my old man's take on front porch philosophy. Well, from politics to common sense with a little John 316, it was down to earth lessons I learned sitting at my daddy's feet. Everybody and the dog would listen every time he started to speak. Rocking back and forth, talking old front porch philosophy.
sticks to common sense with a little John 3.16. It was down to earth lessons I learned sitting at my daddy's feet. Everybody and the dog would listen every time he started to speak. Rocking back and forth, talking old front porch philosophy. Yeah, everybody and the dog would listen every time he started to speak. Socrates, but the man could preach front porch philosophy. And again, that's from Jerry, J E R R Y, Sally, S A L L E Y, front porch philosophy. Thank you to uh, Zach for sending that in. Uh, remember, if you have a uh, request for uh, Christmas or holiday music, uh, send it to me. Three little words. You got mail. Mailbag comments or questions can be emailed to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. That's B R I A N at pipesmagazine.com. Or you can go on to Pipes Magazine and post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on there, just like Dino does. And Dino says, yay, American pipe tobacco tin art. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy, for helping to clear up this anomaly of the various regulations for warning labels. Uh, I was a bit out of breath listening to Adam's frenetic backstory. He has certainly done his homework on tobacco blending and also gave us some interesting insights on the art of blending. Uh, Oscar Peterson's Wheatland was a wonderful music choice with a tasty solo by Ray Brown. Thanks for your warm invitation to listeners to contact you for support and camaraderie. Good on you. And thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. And then uh, Casey Ghost writes, uh, the difference in regulations between countries is enough to drive a man mad. Yeah. Uh, these various do-gooder organizations are consistently trying to show each other up with their bizarre, insane uh, something, with their bizarre and insane regulations. Uh, Adam was a pleasant guest possessing one weird backstory. His forays into recreational pharmaceuticals were almost funny, but I wouldn't recommend his lifestyle to anyone. Uh, the man blends uh, that would... Well, it looks like I've cut part of this off. Uh, a man makes a blend that would put horns on your head. He's, uh, he says he's been straight for the last few years, and I must commend him on that. It is really tough to do. Uh, the music selection was really difficult for me. As a general rule, I dislike piano music, and I really dislike it when it goes on and on seemingly for days. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> we can always rely on Dan. Uh, and then there was a couple of questions in the chat uh, about uh, how do I find listings for Cloud Bears blends and uh, references for them. Uh, he does them in micro batches, announces that they're ready on Instagram, and then when they sell out, they sell out and they go away. All right. And that's what happens to them. A uh, couple of emails to get caught up on. Uh, Darkon writes. Awesome show, horrible, horrible music. That's going back to two weeks ago for Halloween. And then he says, uh, Gray sounds like a cool and talented guy. True artist and the pipe, uh, true artists and the pipe go hand in hand. On the Vegas show, I've never been to a show, but watching the videos, I don't see how you control yourself around all those beautiful pipes, mind blowing rare tobacco, and legendary people. 
I would need a therapist, accountant, and a life coach just to walk around with. If I ever robbed a bank, the cops would no doubt catch me at a pipe show. Love you, bud. <laughs> yeah, come to a pipe show. We'd have fun watching you, uh, watching you explode. Um, and then Jennings says, uh, uh, the, and this goes back a little bit too. Uh, he says, I know you get a lot of emails, so you may have missed this one. I sent another, but understand you get flooded. We smoked a pipe together outside Smitty's and chatted, and it meant the world to me. Uh, we talked coffee, and you mentioned Peaberry coffee you enjoy. Can you remind me what that was again? It's, uh, it's called Tanzanian Peaberry. Tanzanian Peaberry. And it's an African coffee, and I like it more during the warmer months because it's got a little bit more fruitiness to it. Uh, it's a little lighter flavor, usually a medium roast. Uh, and then he says, uh, this was one of my favorite pipe memories. We have similar tastes in tobacco and pipes, and your knowledge uh, greatly has greatly influenced me over the past few years. I respect you even more after meeting you. <laughs> Thanks for everything, Brian. Now, if I can just get over to McCraney's to meet you, I've been wanting to try Sterling Bridge. Yeah, so if you're coming to uh, Charlotte, yeah, you better do it soon because, uh, you know, I won't be here for uh, much longer. Yeah, don't know. Anyway, um, just a reminder to please keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show to all your friends and family, even your enemies. Send it to your enemies. New shows are posted every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. And then they're available for download or streaming for eternity. If you are new to the show, please make sure you are listening to the current episodes while going back and getting caught up on the past ones. Uh, that way you don't miss out on any uh, scintillating information. <laughs> yeah, um, but that way you keep current with what's going on because there's a little bit of news stuff in there here and there. All right. And again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been continuously handcrafting authentic corncob pipes in the USA for over 150 years. They carry over 55 styles of cool smoking corncob pipes, colonial area clay pipes, and affordable hardwood pipes. From exciting new pipe and tobacco releases to accessories and more, Missouri Meerschaum Company is a must-see at www.corncobpipe.com. Missouri Meerschaum Company. Authentically original. Authentically you. Good evening, Mr. Cavendish. We've received hard intelligence that an organization known only to us as TinBids.com is, at this very moment, offering vintage, rare, and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories. This they're doing in a live online auction environment for its global syndicate of pipe collectors. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to log in to TinBids.com and win the auction of your choice. If you should fail in this mission, well, you'll just have to wait until next time. Good luck, Mr. Cavendish. Visit 10bids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. This ad will self-destruct in five seconds.
All right, here we go. Somewhat political rant. Are you ready? Somewhat political. Uh, look, there's plenty of killing in the world. There's plenty of human killing each other right now going on in this world, and it's stupid. But here's one that we can really work on stopping, and it just takes the politicians and the government and the cities and the states to pay attention. But approximately 100,000 people will have died this year from opioid overdoses, uh, from drug overdoses, from fentanyl issues. 100,000 people here in the United States will have died this year. So what I want the FDA and the ATF and the DEA and all those people to do is stop worrying about pipe tobacco, stop worrying about cigars, stop worrying about people smoking tobacco products, and start worrying about all these drugs that are coming in that are laced with weird stuff, made poorly and cheaply, getting people hooked, and causing about 100,000 U.S residents to die each year a hundred thousand people this year and they're worried about whether or not you can have an aromatic tobacco in massachusetts or a flavored or a menthol cigarette in california or we got to raise your taxes higher in the state of florida on tobacco to curtail kids from smoking well you know what i don't know of a hundred thousand people that are going to randomly just die from smoking a bad uh, a bad pipe this year all right so let's start worrying about this uh, drug overdose pan you know pandemic if you want to call it that that's going on it's the only it's really the only thing that we have any control over that we can really stop and it's just focus on it pay some attention to it, put some money towards it, stop worrying about tobacco products for a while, and focus on these bad drugs that are coming into the country, that are being made in the country, however they're here. And maybe, you know what, maybe just maybe, maybe we'll have, you know, a few extra family members around the Thanksgiving table next week or Christmas next month, whatever it is. All right. There you go. Politics. Yeah. Can't live with it can't live well we could live without it but that would be a wild west <laughs> all right uh comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com holiday music suggestions guest suggestions whatever you got send them in apple podcast ratings and reviews spotify rating and review things or whatever share the pipes magazine radio show and all your uh, facebook groups instagram groups i don't know snapchat uh whatever the other Whatever the new things are, the threads and the X's, you know, where all the cool kids are. Uh, keep sharing it out there, and we greatly appreciate it. So, thank you very much to Tanner for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Till we meet again.